0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Talk L and D. We are now on to episode eight. Um, so, welcome back. Welcome back, Alex. You just had a little holiday. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, very well, thanks. Very rested and good.
0: good, good. Much
1: better. Much better now than I was before I went away. It just goes to so- show really worth taking a holiday
0: <laughs> yeah, a little stop and reset always yeah. good always yeah. good yeah Brilliant. so it's just me and alex today and we wanted to talk today about sort of leadership in 2021 as we all know it's been um oh 20, well 2021 yeah this year has all been um not what anyone would have expected really and i think it's had a massive impact on organizations and people so sort of looking forward from here, what does that mean for leadership um, behaviours and what what we expect and what's needed in leadership going forward? Um, so that's what we're going to be looking at today. That's right, isn't it, Alex?
1: Yeah. So it's been, um, yeah, it's been one of those years, hasn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. And I think it has, it's changed a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, and I, working with um, a variety of different leaders in different sectors and industries, um, what 2020 has introduced is this uh, critical incident to lead through, and the organizations which have done well or have um, sort of really engaged with the problem um, have shown, I think, bigger, bolder leadership um, bigger decisions quicker decisions than would have happened in a normal steady state because the critical instance given people permission to take risks and to experiment mm. um, in a bold way you know and that's uh, um, hospitals you know making um, super fast decisions which previously would have taken months or um, businesses are suddenly becoming more opportunistic um, sometimes and um, opportunity always means a degree of risk, but um, but, but they've on balance been happier to take those risks um, because of the critical incident.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but if all goes well, and number COVID numbers keep on dropping, as you know, we hope they will. Um, so, provided there isn't a second spike and all that sort of stuff. Um, 2021 will be back into um, the absence of a critical incident.
0: Mm. So
1: we won't have that. But what I guess I'm trying to predict, and, you know, for kind of the playful question here is how much of 2020's leadership will move over to 2021, essentially will be be followed through um, when COVID is over. And we're back into steady state. Will we go back to how things were in twenty nineteen? Or will 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 um what good looks like in leadership be something different? Mm. And
0: that's
1: that's my question, I guess.
0: A very interesting yeah. question. And I think, you know, when you're reflecting on it, I think it's um, you know, leading through a critical incident is a different skill set, would you say, to leading through a steady state?
1: Yes. Yes, it is. It, it is so, and and I think if you you know you, you go you can look back at John Adair's model of task team and individual, which you know it's an old model but it keeps on coming up. I think so. Leading the, the the task, I guess, is um either um you know if, if you're if you're you know leading a hospital, it's mm. about you know. You know, increasing your capacity and the ability to deal with large numbers of people infected with virus, whilst whilst looking after people who've got you know existing things. Uh, if you're in a business, it's about making sure the business survives, mm. and that you know um, the money keeps on coming in and the engine keeps keeps spinning. Um, but then you've got the in also to balance against that is the needs of the team and needs of individuals who are sheltering you know children or elderly parents or who uh, you know got their own worries and mm. concerns and everybody's in everybody's in a different situation and um, you know I had a a, a young guy who came in to sort out our internet a little while ago and um, you know he was having extraordinary time you know because his because he was out and about in people's houses mm. I was just probably in uh, may time i guess his wife had just had a baby and she had left left the house to go and stay with her parents because she was too nervous about it which you know had obviously really destabilized him and he was obviously extremely anxious about that and so um you know people are in a every everybody has um everybody has been in a complicated position you know and um and so and so you know yes yes, leaders have had to be big and bold from a task point of mm-hmm. view, but actually to manage people who are under significant stress and have got their own personal concerns and worries has required a degree of um, uh, I want to say humility, but that's not quite right. Um, at present being present, mm. yeah actually again more so than in the steady state when there's a normal expectation that everybody's fine and everybody's going going through their lives as per usual but um again in a critical instant particularly one that affects people on a very personal level um that's that that's that, um that that norm isn't there so um leaders have had to be much better at being supportive at listening at um at being present for their people you know mm. and, and and often not even face to face often through virtual means mm. and then of course they they themselves have had you know they've been in this as well and and, and so they've had got their own dramas and issues you know as mm. we all do you know in terms of children running around at home or yeah. relatives who are poorly you yeah. know which real worry so so it's been cracky work you know what a challenge
0: yeah. you know
1: make the make sure the business survives keep the team engaged and performing so that the business survives and also manage your own personal stresses and interests.
0: Not too much of a task, is it? Not too much of a task. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think, um, I think that's quite an interesting contrast there because on the one hand you've got the, really now is a time when if you're an entrepreneur, it's really, you know, that innovation time and that problem solving you know that's that that's that skill set that's needed on a practical business level but really the other side of it with the people is a real empathy and compassion yeah, and human right. human leadership and i think um you know that's when you think now we're stopping reflecting on it i think all oh, leaders have had quite a task this year actually and you know not an easy one and i think i think you know probably a lot of leaders may well have been in, been tested. I mean, we, I know we can see on the world stage that some of our world leaders clearly have been tested yeah. and not come out so well on the other side. But I think, um, you know, some real... People will have been through a real journey in themselves, I imagine, this year with that. And I think um, I wonder, you know, in businesses as well, whether you've seen people that maybe... Haven't shone as much all of a sudden, come through with a diff- you know, if they've got that right skill set shining, and then other people maybe struggling um, with obviously the different skill sets. But it's, it's interesting, you know, I'm just reflecting on um, World War II, Winston Churchill. So they said he was a great war prime minister. Yeah. So basically, he was brilliant mm. for the time that we needed him. Yeah. And when things settled down, he actually didn't do as well when in you know when there was no in no no war times because he didn't have he was great at coming in like a bit like a a bulldog and making tough decisions and charging forward but when the war was over he struggled in the leadership and his ratings went down apparently because he he just he wasn't the right leader for peace times and mm. it's quite interesting isn't it because he's held up as one of our you know one of our best prime ministers for what he did in the war but that example of in a crisis he was great like just make those difficult decisions but then when it's sort of in, in steady peace times and i think reflecting yeah. on that how do people transition because there are people that really thrive in crisis and risk and they like that they almost like thrive on that challenge yeah. but then when things are too steady it's that's a challenge for them because they don't like it when it's too steady so it will be interesting as things level out not just for leaders but I think everybody how everyone settles back in because I don't think anyone's going to come through this without having changed in some way
1: that's right it's interesting that because I think you know yes so you know and of course you can't be all things to all people Mm. all the time and so so it does sort of stand to reason that people who excel at leadership under certain circumstances so the critical incident mm. which i will come back to you, won't necessarily be great you know steady state leaders when it's just about maintaining something or yeah. keeping keeping something you know uh, maintaining processes yeah and that sort of thing um, and that, i guess that that's 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 different it's different psychologists really isn't it you mm-hmm. know it's a, but also there's also then if you think about the needs and interests of followers during those two different situations as well. And so, so some organizations in the, this year have been very command and control and have been um, very directive and people have accepted that because, um, because um, they've been destabilized and actually that sort of very clear direction. Um, I've got, I've, I've got a hospital in mind at the moment yeah. where um the you know the directors did they they, they they became much more controlling much more micromanaging in how that hospital was going to evolve to deal with um, the you know uh, increased numbers and all that sort of stuff and people accepted it actually probably welcomed it I'm not sure mm. if they welcomed it exactly but they were far more accepting of it than they would have been in a normal situation yeah. because people want to feel safe and I think that having that very strong decisive leadership um, so you know this is where we're going this is how we're going to get there uh, in in when people are feeling destabilized and um, and really maybe quite scared about the situation mm. so when there's a lot of fear um, people will welcome but then when that fear and sense of um, you know alarm isn't there i think followers interests and needs will change
0: yeah
1: and and that command and control type leadership won't do it won't be won't be right. Um and and probably won't be accepted, probably be seen as um inappropriate, overly autocratic, Mm -hmm. you know. So so there's the the preference that leaders have is one thing. And then Mm -hmm. there's also the the needs and interests of followers, which I think change depending on the situation.
0: Yes, definitely. So that'll be interesting of how do you transition because I imagine as well there'll be an element of having been through this year, they're still built, as we go back to normal or whatever our new normal is, there might be a little bit of fear still of going Mm. back to that steady way of what will happen if we do relax this command and control. Um, Yeah, Mm.
1: it
0: will, will be interesting.
1: Yeah, and, and of course, for, for, for some organizations, I suspect the sense of fear won't necessarily go away. You know, if we're, we're looking at recession, well, recession, possibly restructures, mm. you know, and it's, every you know, different different people are in different places with that. But but even so, I suspect, you know, an extended period of command and control leadership mm. will, will become quite tiresome <laughs> for, for the majority yeah. of people. and They will look to... Um, for, for, for leaders to, to, to adapt and evolve with the situation. And, uh, you know,
0: it's interesting though, it's sort of at the same time, so we've had command and control leadership, but then at the same mm. time, we've all of a sudden had everybody being able to work from home when organizations, yeah. when mm, you haven't like, been able to work from home because it's like, no, we don't trust you, which I always right. find a very strange thing when people are like, I don't trust my teammates to work at home. So what you're saying is you've employed a load of people that you don't trust. That's great culture for your organization. You don't trust your teammates. And I think.
1: Yes. That's told, a strange, strange hiring decision. Yeah. yeah, I, I see <laughs> yeah. It. When, when that's the argument yeah.
0: that's been given to me in previous organizations, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me. You're basically saying you don't trust any of your teammates. I was like, what kind of culture have you got? Um,
1: well, this goes back, <laughs> this, this goes back, you know, a hundred years to that yeah. sort of very, you know, uh, Frederick Taylor's, management that you know uh theory that you know managers are there to to control and think you know that the workforce are there to simply do just do what they're told on the production line it's that yeah production line management um which which i think you know over 100 years has fostered a bit of a um a, manager, a managerial need for control <laughs> i don't know if it's yeah and 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 that's and that's it's been pretty healthy to break that i think
0: yeah and i think well what what a lot of people have seen is that actually you know you give your i don't think you know this is what it comes down. it's like trust your team because it's like people want to feel purposeful you know generally people don't want to be sat twiddling their thumbs they don't you know people want to have a sense of purpose and i think probably during this time like more than ever people wanted to have a sense of purpose and what people have shown is like, actually we're all adults here we're all pretty capable of getting on doing our jobs um and you know people are quite you know, there's quite a lot of people are quite happy to continue working from home because they've got less commute, they save them money. And I don't know if you've seen like the government of doing this push of people need to get back in the office so that the city centres, so well, that the coffee the, shops uh, net, are... But, there is, swear,
1: but we've seen a lot of that's that back to that command and control, you know.
0: Yeah, well, I think the thing is, I mean, um, I, I don't really watch the news, but I do go on Twitter to catch up because I quite like getting the different perspectives. And it's quite interesting seeing people's response to this get back to the office. Everyone's mm. like, "Oh no, I'm actually quite happy working from home and well, home
1: certainly. Home and, 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 and certainly where businesses are um, saying that everything's fine and mm. it is working. The business model works with people, you know, um, I'm not sure how people feel about being told to to, to, to bring their workforce back into the office when they themselves may not feel that it's necessary, you know,
0: well, from what I was thinking up on Twitter, people weren't too happy about it. To no, be no, no,
1: no. <laughs> uh, people will never be happy. People will never no, be happy.
0: No, no, they won't. But I think, um, you know, and I always say this as well. It's about, it's about your, your you know, we all work in organisations, businesses, but we're all adults. And actually, mm. I think we need to remember that and treat your team members like adults. And because I think if you don't, you can't then moan that you don't get an adult response if that makes sense. Like, you know, I've worked for a business where it's like they teach, they, you know, they like been teenagers and I'm like, you're not empowering them. And so you're getting this teenage response because you're not approaching them like they are self-empowered adults that can make their decisions for themselves. And I think, yeah. you know, to work in an organization where everyone can be an adult and valued for their own opinions, that they can, you give them tasks and let them get on with it surely that's going to be a far more empowering response and you'll develop your team members in a far better way than if you do have this command and control, because essentially what you're saying is you don't know what's best for you. I know what's best. So therefore um, I'm going to tell you everything in every, every yeah. way in which you must do things. And, yeah. you know, I do observe it and I'm like, why are you know, we all adults here? Why, yeah. You know, let's all be, and I know it's, that's a very simplified view because everyone's, you know it doesn't quite work out like that and then particularly when you get conflict and people haven't done the work um the development work you could get can get a bit messy but ultimately that's uh, what we need to remember we're all adults
1: it's but you know it's not i don't think it is simplified i i I think that's a you you know i think you know what it's like to work for somebody who is in permanent critical parent
0: Mm. you
1: know and they're always that sort of poking that you know that their default setting is is to Direct, um, regardless of <laughs> the qualities and skills mm-hmm. and capabilities and the team around them, and um, well, you know what it's like to work in in that sort of environment. It's <laughs> it's it's the most you know demotivating thing and
0: inspiring. Um,
1: and and again, one thing in a so in the critical in a critical situation, people. We'll, we'll be will be okay with that I think because yeah because of our need to feel safe and actually that 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 strong decisive um approach to leadership is is fine when people are you know need to be given a clear sense of direction uh because because you're in you know a, a state of chaos which which I think we were earlier this year perhaps um,
0: yeah
1: so I suppose and thinking 2021 then you know how, how do we take the best of this I suppose you know in terms of what we've learned and how the working world has evolved because for me there, there are some there are separate strands here so there's the big bold decisions which are made quickly which is great yeah. actually which is great progress
0: I mean, you know moving risk, forward. risky
1: yeah but 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 certainly speeds speeds things up and and you know carries a degree of risk of course so but, you know, then there's, there's something about just really being, being quicker at making decisions and perhaps a bit more entrepreneurial and a bit less, a bit less uh, risk-averse. So that, that's one aspect of this. Um, but then there's that delicate balance with then also being the present supportive leader who um, is mindful of the impact of stress on people and you know that instability and change and risk that that impacts the team and it impacts individuals within that team Mm -hmm. so so there's a sort of I don't think these two things are a paradox I don't think decisive leadership and supportive leadership are necessarily have to be different I think they can sit comfortably along together
0: yeah I would say so um I'm going to, just before we start this podcast, I said, to, I said to Alex, we're talking about leaders this year, and I said, you know, I'm just going to put it out there, as a woman, the countries mm. that did best during COVID were the ones with female leaders, um, and some of the countries that come out worst have got the very, the very sort of old school, I'm thinking of like Brazil and America, very old school mm. kind of male type of leadership
1: you go fairly you go yeah
0: but i think you know and i think new zealand Jacinda dardenne she's like my girl crush at the moment i think she's amazing she <laughs> she you know she made some very hard decisions no one is coming in or out of new zealand she locked them down before you know she's very clear she locked them down really quickly but what arguably with with Jacinda, what she did was she put her community first before the economy so that was quite a tough decision, but they 've come out better and I think one of the things that she has done with her leadership i don 't know if people are aware of this, but she has she announced last year that she was going to use um, well-being and happiness as a mark for success for their com- country rather than GDP, which is is quite unique. I think Bhutan's one of the only other countries that does that, but she very much has this empathy and compassion and community focus with her leadership but at the same time you can see that she's made some very clear clearly defined hard decisions of like you know no one's coming in or out of the country um, but I, and i think the countries with female leaders one of the things they did was put the safety of their people before anything else um and i think that's
1: i wonder whether in that backdrop Within that context, that resulted in people being more accepting of a still relatively draconian policy Mm. because they understood the rationale behind it.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think they saw that she was thinking about ultimately what was the for the highest good of of the country. Mm. Um, And yeah, she. I mean, she's she's come out as one of the you know one of the really emerging leaders from yeah. from all of this and a real example. And I think what's interesting about Jacinda as well as what we talk about that human element is she, you know, she early in her career, she got told, Oh, you're not aggressive enough. You're not domineering enough to, to do this. And she was like, well, I don't believe that I need to be. And I think um, while she's made tough decisions, what really shines in her leadership is that empathy and that compassion to really think about, people
1: Um,
0: and I think and I think potentially one of the things about this year is I think that's really something that's emerged of actually we've got to think about the collective and what's best for the collective and you know as we're all connected if something goes wrong in China it affects everybody Mm. and I think that is something that you're probably steering off a little bit but I think it's looking at how we're a bit more ethical in what we do you know, so making big decisions, but actually, how do you make big decisions, which actually can still have a positive impact on everybody, as opposed to just being about profit?
1: There are companies that have. Um, I, I was reading this in McKinsey in a McKinsey article. So I can't remember the name of the company off the top of my head. Uh, not sure. If, I'm not sure if they mentioned the the company specifically. But um that have done things like freed up capital so that they can pay small um, uh, smaller organizations in their supply chain really quickly oh wow this year to, so um rather than trying to avoid mm. you know um, paying paying bills to try try and kind of keep everything sort of internal and risk averse and all that sort of stuff. Um, that they're actually taking a wider view of stakeholder engagement and it's um, actually trying to help support and look after their supply chain rather than just try and look after their own immediate business interest because they're thinking about the longer term. And so, so there's, I think there's an ethical dimension to yeah. that for sure. For sure, and 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 um, and that that'll be really good, and and that'll be well 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 received. A bit like the companies that have given back their furlough money when they haven't needed it as well. You know, so. Oh
0: really? I haven't. Yeah, I haven't
1: yeah. IKEA, IKEA has. Um, the Spectator magazine gave gave back a load of um, money, furlough money. Um, IKEA was the biggest. I think probably the biggest one wow. who's done it publicly. So, so so there's a strong. But I think so so there's a strong ethical aspect to it but i think there's also quite a strong pragmatic Mm -hmm. uh longer term view of um protecting your brand Mm -hmm. and protecting your supply chain so that actually you can um when things do return back to some semblance of normal um everything can continue
0: Mm. yeah that's a a interesting one actually because Particularly if you're in your supply chain, you've got smaller businesses. That's
1: right, absolutely, yeah. That will yeah, struggle yeah.
0: more during this time. I think that's yeah. that's really amazing to hear that people and
1: and that's, those acts will go a long way into you know goodwill is is so incredibly important. Actually, um, you know, uh, and, and and I think there's a real opportunity that organisations that can are in a, in a fortunate position of being able mm. to either protect or grow goodwill will really benefit from that longer term in in terms of their reputation do you know
0: what i think that interesting i think during this time the public have really taken notice of companies that have been more ethical and looked after its people versus the companies that haven't um you know i think how you behaved during this time Mm. and what i've noticed is People seem to be more becoming more conscious of where they're spending their money and the ethics, and um, wanting to support sort of small local businesses more. But there was something I saw interesting um, on Twitter, and you're going to have to excuse my language for this, but it did make me smile. So at the beginning of of COVID, when we went to lockdown, and obviously team members were being furloughed or whatever, there was a lot of stuff going on about, oh, that company's amazing. Look, at it's looking after its team. This company is not this is mm. disgraceful, like really showing up, like the real, like, actually, you really don't care about your team. Mm. Anyway, someone came up with this um, COVID heroes, uh, again, excuse my language, COVID twats <laughs> list. And so they were, every day they were updating, like which companies, which people have been like, real champions and really trying to show up in the best possible way to support everyone for the great good versus the companies that are like, we don't care, we're just about money. Mm. Um, and we just profit. And I kind of thought, oh, this would be interesting—sort of the other side of this—to see if people remember, um, see if people remember, and actually what impact that has on. Um, and I know that there are some companies when things were reopening, people were like do not go and spend money in that company yeah. after how they treated their mm. team members. Um, oh
1: yes, yes. I mean that. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I think um, I think there was quite a lot of panic. And, you know, um, I know a lot of uh, um, hotels and that sort of thing laid off their their more casual staff immediately, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that left people in some really difficult situations, particularly, you know, when they'd they'd come over from... um, uh, Europe or whatever to take mm-hmm. a particular job and then suddenly, you know, lose that job and the, the accommodation that comes with it and that sort of thing that, that left people in some really, really, mm-hmm. you know, sticky situations, I think. And um, yeah. And, and I think that, that will, I think, I think, um, I, I think that'll stay with, with those businesses actually. I think it matters. I think how we treat people matters and uh, um, Yeah. It, it, it'll impact them over the long term, I suspect.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I don't, I don't know if this year is people have become a bit more. I think people have had time to reflect, haven't they? People, what's important? Um, you know, and I think one of the things about people working from home is they kind of appreciate they're not rushing around and actually can have a bit more work life balance to be with their family and be in community. Mm. Um,
1: sometimes i don't know i don't know i'm not sure about that i think that in a way the working from home and working in the virtual environment uh has perhaps gone the other direction a bit actually and i think you know there there are people who are sort of you know getting up early and going to bed late and spending their 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 Mm -hmm. life on zoom and you know emails and you, you know i'm not sure i'm not sure how sustainable that's been actually um, for a lot of people because without the commute without the um, even walking between meetings and all that sort of stuff yeah. it's been I, th- I think for for a lot of people relentless and I know yeah. I was suffering I was before yeah before August I was I was you know I could really you know that zoom fatigue you know mm. um, and it was just back to back because things were back to back it was yeah. it was just too much it was too much without being able to have that breath yeah. um, so I think some people have got it right and have you know being able to create create that balance i think some people have maybe maybe because you know because of the critical instant nature yeah. of it it's sort of like you know, can't say no to everything have to kind of really grasp every opportunity and and that's that's been perhaps a little unsustainable so
0: i think particularly if people have had kids at home i mean that
1: yeah yeah oh. i think
0: they all just, i think you all deserve a medal everyone that's got kids at home trying to navigate this
1: well well that's hugely that's hugely stressful because of course mm. you know you there's the stress of just hugely stressful because you, you you you're trying to sort of make make you know keep up with work and make 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 sure work's working i suppose because you know critical it's a critical yeah. instant and quite scary actually from a you know is this do we have a business now um point of view but also you see you know children who are just left to their own devices as a result that you can see them not doing their homework and you can see it all kind of or that you know you know that they need close supervision with it and and they're not and, and that's not happening. So I uh, it's 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 proper, yeah. I mean, you you know, I I've a, a lot of sympathy for anybody who's found that extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, r- really, really otherworldly like more difficult than than almost anything else, I think, that that's mm-hmm. that's happened, certainly in my working life. Um, you yeah, know, because work's been difficult at points, sure, you know, but then you you focus in on that and you can give it hundred percent. But when work's been difficult, and you've also had this, you know, um, homeschooling going on as well, you know, it's uh, it's it's something else. And um, yeah. so, but lots to learn. lot lots to learn.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I hope and I hope twenty twenty one is a good year. Is a better year because of it. You know.
0: Yeah, I think I think for me, I think I'd like to see, you know, going forward, this element of. I guess, you know, the humanitarian leader, if you like, like where is that empathy and that compassion? And actually, yeah, we've got to, you know, you've got to survive as a business, but how can we do business that's better for everybody and better for the greater good? I think that's something that going forward, you know, I think for the, for the sustainability of the planet and for happy workplaces and for happy people, you know, cause uh, Ultimately, people want to go to work and they want to feel purposeful, but they want to enjoy what they do and they want to work in nice cultures. You know, it makes... It's a massive part of your work is you spend more time at work than anywhere else. Um, so being able to be in a space where you can be an adult, where you can bring yourself and where it, it's safe and you feel valued and, you know, heard. Yeah. I think...
1: Yeah, so it'd be a real shame if we just go straight back to traditional, mm. you know, um, traditional management, um, hierarchical behaviour in the office. No change. It will be <laughs> that. would be a missed. That will be a missed opportunity. Yeah, so, we
0: wouldn't have learned anything. You know. No,
1: that's right. That's right. I, 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 I suspect that'll be a minority
0: actually yeah and i think you know know. as as we're saying this i think for leaders out there or anybody you know maybe towards the end of the year i think everyone could benefit from a stop reset reflect you know what Mm. have you you know i've heard a lot of people say oh 2020's been a write-off." well i actually really don't believe it had no matter what kind of year you've had whether it's been tough or you know you've made the best of it it's been really brutal really tough everyone without a doubt unless you've been in a cave Will have learned something. They will yeah. have developed in this some way, and they will yeah. have grown from this. And I think, you know, or maybe you know, if you do get chance to get your team back at a social distance, taking that time as a team to go, okay, what we learned this year, what do you feel you've developed, and how can we all, because as you and your people grow, your organization will grow. If you mm-hmm. if you bring that those resources to the table, and I think, you know, everyone that sort of sits and says. 2020 is a write-off yeah it's been a tough year for many it's been like a year like no other but through adversity comes development and comes strength
1: that's right that's
0: it's about you know look at you know post-traumatic stress there's a whole movement of post-traumatic growth Mm. that people that go through that come out the other side and i think that's what we all need to be focused on is yeah it's been tough but look if you're still here and you're still standing you know you've obviously done something to get through that. So what have you taken from this as a leader, as a team member, as, you know, someone in the community, and what have you gained from it in strength, in knowledge and wisdom that Mm. you can take forward Mm. and implement?
1: Yeah, that's right. I think maybe, you know, so I think this, this is going to be a bit different for everybody, but hopefully there is something for everybody here. Mm. So I suppose my, Uh, My answer to the question that we began with is that there's something about this, this um, not a balance, but it's both. It's having both into high level of maintaining, I think, some of the strength and confidence in um, Mm decision-making that people have learned, you know, and the ability to empathize, trust and support individuals and teams Mm. So that wherever people are, however they're working, you know, if if ultimately people are delivering the goods, that that's that's okay, you know, mm. um, and the, that that uh, that that we can see a move away from that traditional need for control in managers to a more supportive model. That would yeah. be great. Yeah. yeah. So bold and supportive. That's twenty twenty one. Yeah.
0: And actually, I think that bold bit, Mm. what you will have shown is you don't need to go through drawn-out decision-making processes necessarily, that you can innovate much more quickly if you need to.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. Mm. Mm.
0: I wonder if 2021, I mean, they always say, don't they, through adversity comes innovation. It'd be interesting what innovation comes out next year as a result of this year.
1: Yeah. Well, I think we're still getting our heads around mm. the art of the possible and with, uh, you know, technology, certainly Luddites like me, you know, um, we keep, we're talking about, about this, you know, and, and the, the opportunities of one-to-many communication and, um, and, and how, you know, working with technologies like Zoom and, and similar, um, mm. really opens up,
0: um, whole world.
1: access to yeah 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 that's right and uh um and that that could have i think really positive that could have a really positive social sort of impact you know it's mm-hmm. sort of like you don't you don't need to travel for th- for things like education and training you don't need to travel you can um you can where you do you need you need a computer sure so that's that's one that is one one factor perhaps that that, that might need to be thought about a bit but if you've got if you've got a computer and a um internet um connection you can do anything and be part be part of anything and that's Mm -hmm. um that now in 2020 people have become quite comfortable and familiar with that whereas in 2019 they probably weren't yeah Um, because because they didn't have to do it now now we've had to kind of engage with it and it's like "Mm, actually the, the 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 possibilities are probably bigger than we currently understand so
0: yeah, that's definitely you know I've read articles actually about sort of universities and how all of a sudden they could become much more accessible for people because of that.
1: Well, that's right. Certainly, so the whole life learning concept. I was reading about the um, I said tangent. So probably I should probably not waffle on too much, but you know this lovely innovation which started in the seventies called the University of the Third Age. Which oh yeah, the third you know, yeah. yeah. Essentially for for people who are kind of um, moving towards retirement, but. Um, but again, you know, that, that actually flexibility is important there. But, but, but ultimately what that's shown, I think there's, there's something like 400,000 people in the UK who are signed up on courses with university for third age. And it's like this, that appetite for learning doesn't go away. That's part of the human condition. But the virtual working virtually means that access to it and, flex, and the flexible access to it has been um, you know, massively enhanced. So, so, so these, the, you know, it's, it is, it is, it is, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good here. It's been tough here, but there's a lot of good.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, hopefully we can take the good stuff into the next year to develop, develop our people, develop the world and we can leave hopefully, hopefully next year we can leave Mm. as as, that was a very strange year, 2020, the year of COVID. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, when, when we can sort of meet up face to face again, and, you know, and we can actually, you know, talk, you know, have like normal conversations rather than behind screens and all the rest. I think, I think that'll be brilliant as well, you know, and yeah. I do hope that, that I do, I do, I do hope there's a bit of that too, you know, that we can, we can go back to normal um, real life, human communication, because that's still the best. I think it's still, it's still, it's still the best.
0: But... Yeah. I mean, we're human beings. We are yeah, human yeah. beings. We want to connect with people. And I think, you yeah. know, both of us as facilitators like online is great that you can do that but you that's can't beat you can't be develop you know training in a space you know I think of some of the, the training we've delivered together and yeah. you know the impact that that's had of being together and that's doing right. activities and in experiential learning mm-hmm. you you can't beat it and I think ultimately as human beings I think this is one of the things people found tough is you know, we, we want to live in community. And I think that's something that people have really realized that it's great to have time, but, you know, even, even some of the most extreme introverts I know have been like, actually, I've missed people. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's the thing that makes us human is that ability to connect and mm-hmm. have relationships and, you know, feel those emotions with, e- with each other. And I think that's mm-hmm. the thing that, and I, I kind of hope that we all appreciate that. A little bit more. Yes, that's the right. They're a little
1: bit more. I, I've i had a couple of meetings with people in the real world. It's been really nice.
0: Mm. <laughs> it is. It's <laughs> always like, oh, look at It's, it's a quite person.
1: a novelty. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: want to touch them? Oh, oh, you yeah.
1: That's right. Yeah. Where you can't, you can't. It's like, yeah. not always oh, like, no, you can't shake hands. But, or like, hug, you
0: know? That's quite a strange thing to see yeah. pages and not be able to hug them. That's, yeah, yeah. That's I think for me, that's one of the things I found hardest actually especially sort of being single living on my own is there's been times when I've just been like I really miss a hug like Mm. I really miss that physical connection that's for me one of the things I've found particularly hard at points but um Mm. yeah so sort of in summary then Alex it's kind Mm. of leadership 2021 it's finding the balance of being able to make decisions and innovate Mm you know that ability because yeah. we've shown that people you've shown that we you can do, can do it. it yes um and taking that but then at the same time perhaps thinking you if you've been in command and control leadership releasing that a bit and mm. you know approaching your people with a bit more empathy and compassion and
1: i i don't think i this is the thing that's really i i'm sort of mulling this over now i'm not sure it's about a balance i think it's about loads of both okay bold and innovative I don't, I don't think that that needs to be command and control, actually. Mm. I think bold, innovative, and super trusting, and yes. supportive, you know, and present. I think that's... Um, I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I think it all could sit comfortably together. The language needs a bit of work. I need to sort <laughs> of, you know, articulate this a bit better. But I don't see it necessarily as being compromised between the two.
0: Well, do you know what? What you've just described is, I think, what's described as high for high perform needed for high performing cultures.
1: Yeah, yeah, but, but it's the high performing, but the learning that goes into becoming high performing as well.
0: Yeah. So thing. really, everyone needs to take a stop, reset, reflect, don't they, before the year's out?
1: Yeah, I need to do a bit of that for sure. It'd be a shame not to.
0: And then. Yeah. Carry forward the, the good stuff.
1: Take the best. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Ditch, and hopefully, the stuff, the crap.
1: Hopefully leave <laughs> like yeah. Hopefully leave COVID and command and control behind. Yeah. But take but take the best of 2020 mm-hmm. forwards. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So everyone give that a go. Let us know how you get on.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not, not you know, just simple task.
1: Nice and easy.
0: Yeah. yeah. So um Yeah, so thank you very much, Alex, for your thoughts. Mm -hmm. I think it's really valuable. Hopefully people will have got something for that to take into 2021. And um, anyone that's listening, let us know your thoughts on sort of leadership and what we can take from this year into next year. And let's know how you get on with your stop resets and reflects. Um, So thank you very much for listening. Um, And we will be on here soon with another episode.
1: And thank you, Louisa. Great. Thank
0: you.